All right. Can everyone hear me? Gotcha. Let's try and kick it off. So we have uh, three SIP presentations today. SIP 198, 205, and 202. So we'll start with the last one uh, with 202, which was the last one that we left off on last time. 202 is the target staking ratio. So Kane, uh, you will present this one or the updates on it at least. Yes, I will. Yep. All right, the floor is yours. Thank you. Um, so yeah, based on the feedback um, from last week, uh, just clarified a couple of things. I think there was a bit of confusion uh, around the uh, um, increase and decrease uh, the, the staking uh, rate changes. Um, so just to clarify, uh, you can set a target staking ratio, uh, which is the amount of SNX that's in active positions divided by the total SNX. Um, so the SIP uh, contemplates a, an 85% staking ratio. Um, and then you have a buffer on either side of that. So uh, in, in the SIP, it specifies uh, 5%. So if you're above 80% or below 90% staked, you're within the target range. Um, and uh, in that case, um, the inflation would actually decline uh, by 5% each week. If you're outside of that range, um, so if you're above 90%, the inflation would decline by 10%, which is intended to push it back into this target range. Um, and if you're below 80%, uh, then it would increase by 10%. So it is symmetrical. Um, so I think there was some confusion around why it was increasing by 10% and decreasing by 5%. It increases and decreases by 10% if you're outside the range. And then within the range, it decreases by 5%. And the intent behind that decay rate is basically if we're sitting at 85% for months at a time, we want to essentially be able to test uh, if the yield is, is increasing, whether we can decrease that inflation rate. Um, and so, you know, we keep decreasing the inflation rate and, and kind of testing to see uh, how much inflation is required to maintain that staking ratio, um, which, you know, essentially keeps the, the uh, kind of feedback loop. Um, in check to, to ensure that we don't just have continually high inflation. It, there's always a decay. Um, so hopefully that helps to clarify uh, that question. The other thing that we've done is uh, given the concerns around snapshotting um, with a, a higher inflation rate, which I think are, are very valid, um, we introduced a seven day burn lock. Um, so to, to clarify how the, the burn lock works, um, currently, it's 24 hours from the last time you mint. So as soon as you mint, there's a 24-hour uh, cooldown where you can burn to target, but you cannot burn uh, above the target. So you, you know you can't clear your debt. Um, you can't inc increase your ratio above 400% uh, or 500% on L2. Um, and that's intended to uh, ensure that people don't completely exit the system. Um, so, you know, if you mint at 500%, uh, you're stuck there for 24 hours. What this, uh, what SACP 164 introduces is a seven day burn lock, um, which we're pretty confident while the UX is, is obviously not ideal, uh, should pretty much kill snapshotting, um, because 
you, you know, you're in the network for seven days. So you would need to basically um, mint uh, before the period and you would always miss out uh, if you tried to, to burn, you would always miss out on a, a, you know, the next uh, set of rewards. So it basically creates a, a scenario where in order to capture the rewards, you need to stay in uh, the epoch for the entire time. Essentially, that's, that's you know, kind of the result of, of SCCP. 164, um, which again, you know, we were sort of hesitant to implement a longer uh, burn lock um, in the past because we didn't see a lot of uh, activity in terms of snapshotting. It was pretty small numbers. Um, Caleb ran numbers you know, about six months ago and, and you know, the conclusion was that not many people were doing it. Um, I think as the inflation rate decreased, it became even uh, you know, less profitable for people to do it. Um, but now the scenario we're in, you know, if we increase the inflation rate again, is that it's likely that people will look to do this um, and this just kills that, uh, that approach. Um, so those are the, the, the main changes. Um, I think the, the other reason for, um, for, you know, giving people some time to kind of think this through was just to, you know, at a high level sort of conceptually uh, make sure that people are comfortable with the idea of increasing inflation in order to target a higher staking ratio. Um, everything else uh, in this in the SIP sort of remains uh, as it as it was presented last week. Uh, so, so, so include sorry, you know, so including not uh, doing an and staking ratio average, but having a staking ratio snapshot a single one. Correct. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And because when, again, when... you you reduce the you reduce the likelihood of of snapshotting um, mm -hmm. with this burn lock. Um, it makes it harder for someone to hit the. The, you know, because obviously you're incentivized to have as much debt as possible in the current system. Um, and so you want to be as close to 500% or even below if you can. Um, and what that means is that uh, the attack that people sort of contemplated where people stake a tiny amount, they get a whole bunch of SNX and stake a tiny amount to increase the inflation rate, um, it becomes a little bit harder to, uh, to implement because you can't hit the target rate and then burn a bunch to kind of stay staked. Um, you're you're sort of forced to be staked, um, which means that you shouldn't have a, a too high variance there. Is is there any reason to to not have the the staking ratio snapshot? Or I, I'm not actually 100% sure. So my, my initial uh, uh, suggestion for change was to to make a snapshot for the staking ratio right after the debt snapshot and i think caleb said uh, those are the same anyway we, we are looking at the depth snapshot and derive from that the staking ratio um maybe you can can explain this uh again yeah so i think in the in the sip uh basically what it says is that the between the end of the epoch and the minting of the inflation um that the pdow will calculate the staking rate um so there, there's a bit of uh, variance there, I guess, um, you know, which will make it harder for, uh, for people to, um, to try and game it. Um, because again, you know, you are either, you're either foregoing rewards. So what someone could do in theory is buy a whole bunch of SNX and, you know, stake with a, a ratio of, you know, a million percent or something like that. Right. And just sit there and just accept that, um, you know, not take on much risk. If they were to do that, 
they're actually in the system at that point. And I think this is kind of important for people to, to realize. As soon as you have a, a, a debt position, if the debt pool blows up for some reason, you're going to be part of that debt pool, right? You know, if, and if you've got a lot of SNX, even if your C ratio is high, you're still exposed to that you know, debt increasing significantly. Now, you know, you could you could mint one SUSD or something like that, and and probably keep yourself pretty safe. Um, but you know, it goes from being like zero risk um, to you know you're actually in the debt pool. So I just think it's pretty unlikely that someone with a lot of SNX would do that as opposed to actually participating in staking. Um, but in order to kind of avoid that and protect against that, uh, we've kind of introduced this idea of there's a bit of uh, variability in terms of when the snapshot will be taken, which should mean that you get a fairly accurate representation. Okay. And if we find you know, empirically that people are trying to game this, um, then I think we can, uh, you know, we can kind of adjust the, the calculation if needed. You're right. In, uh, by introducing this, I'm, uh, I'm wondering how people would like it. But with this seven-day burn lock, any kind of of serious snapshotting, because the, my attack idea was to to be unstacked for six days and then uh, say uh, doing the normal snap. Uh, don't have to explain it. Then doing the normal <laughs> snapshotting thing, yeah. and and uh, then de uh, unstacking again. And this, when, as long as we have an, have an, uh, the the staking, oh sorry, the stake ratio snapshot is somewhere within the week or do an average that would uh, artificially uh, record a way too low staking ratio. And so, yeah. so what, what counts is the depth snapshot. But this is this is the, where the whole system runs on. And yeah, and you say Correct. it's a ma manual process anyway. Um, yeah. Then, OK, yeah, that should be fine. So, but it will be automated so, so, eventually. Yeah, 100%. It will be automated based on, uh, on the depth snapshot. Uh, you know, using a chain link oracle um, mm -hmm. in, in phase two. I think we'll probably, my view would be, we monitor how the manual process goes. Um, you know, manual processes obviously introduce overhead for the PDAO, so it's not ideal, but I think we just monitor how that process goes and, and how, you know, how impactful it is. Uh, and, you know, then we can make a decision about, um, you know, how quick to, to modify this because we do have you know, the change in V3 coming, which, uh, you know, potentially all of this logic could be encoded in that because we maybe have the ability to uh, to modify the system such that we can actually read the staking ratio um, on chain rather than needing an Oracle. So I think if, if the manual process is working, it might just make sense to kind of keep that going until uh, until we get to V3 and continuous staking. But we'll have to mm -hmm. see, we'll have to monitor. Okay. So with, with this, uh be in place after that pool synthesis or before that? This could be in place as quickly as we want it um, under the conditions of the current SIP. Um, there's, there's pretty minimal changes here. Uh, it's maybe... But what are the... The changes are to the... What are the uh, timelines? Like the timelines are, plan. again, you know, Whatever the whatever the prioritization is given to this, right? I mean, you know, we've got a couple of releases that need to happen. Um, the the changes here would probably be implemented. Uh, I'm guessing by um, by Jackson. Um, in which case, uh, you know, it's a couple of days worth of work, so it's probably not going to uh, have any impact on on any other aspects of the system or any other priorities. 
so so if that we do it before that pool synthesis we'll have like two dead pools so the staking ratio will be taking into consideration l1 and l2 i'm assuming correct and 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 so um the the staking ratio calculation it's like if like if i have a dollar staked and a million dollar worth of snx would my yes. million dollar worth of snx be considered to be completely part of the stuff that's staked yes. yeah it doesn't factor in your collateral it factors in snx that is included in staked so yes so wouldn't it be like kind of um, I know it's like who would do who would do that? So who would stake one dollar to raise the uh, staking ratio, right? It's not maybe uh, it's not maybe like an attack vector or something that someone would do to take advantage. I mean, uh, it's not right? it's not like it's it's not impossible to imagine, right? So you know, let's take Sam, right? That's the obvious person, right? So, you know, we know Sam has uh, somewhere on the order of like whatever, which is about 10 million, right? Um, so Sam could decide that uh, he doesn't like the higher inflation rate and try to, um, you know, impact this by uh, fake staking, right? By like creating a debt position um, and having all of that as next, um, you know, which I think is something like 30 basis. It's not going to move the dial, right? And that's a ten million dollar attack, which, as I said, now in the network, and you're exposed to risk of, you know, some kind of synth shock or, or some issue. You've all of a sudden just incurred a bunch of tail risk for really minimal reward because you're not even dialing the calculator that much, right? Uh, and and I, I think that like, yeah, it's it's just a very negative EV play. I, I don't see how it makes sense for anyone to do that. Most of the large sure, and are already staked, right? So um, it, shouldn't, it shouldn't change. I think there's very few that size that are not that don't have a if, if we do see this happening, would it uh, be possible to like amend the formula as to incorporate uh, how much is being able to be released, like if like someone is able to release seventy percent of his SNX uh, from without uh, fr from what's staked because and he's not part. I think, of what's I think what we would do is we would normalize it to the target rate. So we'd say you know we want a staking rate normalized to the current staking ratio, um, at which would then uh, you know, someone would, uh, was above. Okay. Uh, this ratio, which is you know basically uh, offset offset some proportion of that to or ratio that they were at. You know, if they're at a thousand percent, four hundred percent, the excess collateral that's not. So my next question is that uh, for for uh, the split of inflation between L one and L two, if it were to happen before that pool synthesis. So how would that work? It's not included in the SIP. Uh, it is. Like, it does. Uh, the, the SIP, or the SIP it? includes it. it yeah, it's, it basically what it doesn't huh, say explicitly. It doesn't say explicitly what will happen uh, because there is no way currently yeah. uh, 
to have a, a proportional split of inflation. You have to actually pick a number. Oh. Um, so what we would need to do is have the PDAO basically rebalance to target some percentage or something like that. Um, so, you know, obviously if we increase the inflation from 300,000-ish to 800,000, let's say, um, then we probably want to push, uh, you know, uh, maybe 200,000 or 250,000 or something like that uh, uh, to L2. And the remainder would stay on L2. So, um, but the so basically would, would it be the PDAO needs to, needs to do that on a weekly basis. Sure, sure. Uh, would it be reasonable to like have some some form of like uh, logic or uh, uh, a kind of if if the staking ratio on L two is above the target, then nothing goes to L two extra. It my, remains. So my my only objection to that is uh, as we get closer to debt synthesis, we uh, want the ability to divert more. So I don't really want to lock us into you have to have some proportionality uh, because the intent is obviously shift. You know, once we've got debt migration uh, implemented, we want to start aggressively shifting the inflation across, um, which you know this would kind of present like it would prevent us from doing that if we locked ourselves into some uh, proportionality or something like that. Um, I guess you could write sure. it up, override it, but it just gets a bit messy. So I think we just stay with the, the kind of discretionary uh, amount, right? And we just write an SCCP to say, okay, let's increase inflation to L2 from, you know, whatever it is now to 250,000, like that. And then we adjust it. Sure, I'm just, definitely it would be discretionary, but I'm just trying to like think through uh, what would be discretionary. Like if let's say the SIP is live, yeah. And uh, we see that the staking ratio on L1 is uh, quite uh, quite high, and on L2 it's quite low. So a lot of the SNX get uh, diverted to L2, for instance. Yeah, and not proportionally. Yeah, no, I just like, I mean, I think again, like we have the discretion to do that, right? Like we've got the discretion to change the number uh, if we think that you know there's a, a discrepancy between the staking ratios on on both networks. So we, we've got the discretion to do whatever we want for whatever outcome we're trying to achieve, right, with an SEC. Um, so if we wanted to say, you know, as we get closer to the, let's split it 50-50, we could do that and, and just modify it and put it up. But as soon as we start codifying why we have to do it in this, then if we have some other reason in the future, it blocks our ability. Makes it, it makes it messy, in my opinion. Like, we already have a very uh, flexible mechanism for diverting inflation from L1 to L2, which is working. Um, I think we just do that and don't and say there's, a, there's an amount of inflation going into the network, right? And we can distribute it between L1 and L2 via CCP as required for whatever reason. Sure. The, the only last thing I wanted to like. Uh... Raise is something that maybe Spreek mentioned is that if possible to ask the guys that work on the staking uh, website to include a warning that staking entails locking up your SNX for a week so that uh, there will be no surprises. Agreed. Yeah, I think that's fair. Uh, I think this is already discussed with the, um, the front end team. 
uh, and they're comfortable that they can get that implemented. Great. Well, if no other questions, we can move on to the next SIP. Thank you, Kane. No problem. My pleasure. Uh, the next one is uh, SIP 198. SIP 198 um, uh, expands the atomic exchange uh, functionality. Currently, there are two limitations on atomic exchanges. The first limitation is that in order to be able to add uh, synth to the atomic exchange uh, world, the, that synth needs to have like an equivalent on on Uniswap, UniV3. Unfortunately, a lot of our stables, they don't have an equivalent like uh, Sterling and Dian, Korean. And those that do like Euro doesn't have very good liquidity. And so the prices aren't uh, uh, fair or they're not like optimal we could live with much better prices. And so what this SIP proposes is to uh, allow for certain cents to be configured to be traded on atomic exchanges at purely the chain link price. Of course, I had a look at the price that, uh, that uh, chain link provides against prices that are available on FX markets, and we are good within 20 basis points, even less than that, most of the time. So this would be like kind of an upgrade to the atomic exchange functionality so that we can allow any uh, synth to be configured at purely uh, chain link prices. That's the first uh, improvement. The second improvement to atomic exchanges is it uh, uh, th there is currently a restriction on uh, SIP 120, the original atomic exchanges, is that the source currency or the destination currency has to be SUSD. Like if someone wants to trade with atomic exchanges, they have to like start with SUSD or end with SUSD. And this SIP as well uh, relieves this uh, restriction. And the reason it was incorporated originally is for safety purposes. But uh, in my opinion, it's uh, over caution. So it's not necessary. Folks can should be able to swap Bitcoin to ETH or Euro to Sterling and not have to go through SUSD. So this will uh, kind of uh, improve the trading experience further on SIP 198. If there are any questions from anyone, I'd be happy to try and answer them. Well, that's a good sign. It means there are no questions. So going to have one. I'm just trying to move on. Go ahead. My way around. No, I might have yeah. to get back to you on it because I'm just going over the SIP again. Sure. So you'll ask me questions later, is what you're saying? Uh, perhaps um, I can just come back to it after the next step has been presented. And there's no questions sure, sure. regarding that sure. one. 
Sure, no issues. We'll, uh, we have a meeting next week where we'll be uh, talking about futures. So we'll be presenting it for, to the community and uh, I can definitely take questions on this next week. So, sorry, no objections from me uh, to this SIP. I think, I think it makes sense. I don't think there's, uh, there's any risks. I just want to call out, I'm in favor of it. Hopefully, uh, I do uh, think that once this is live and we have atomic exchanges, um, uh, I ask that Quanta uh, and One Inch integrate them as fast as possible because they improve the trading experience by a significant factor because there's no fear reclamation and there's no price adjustments and there's no six minute delay. And hopefully also if Curve can integrate them, that would be great because there would be no more NFTs. So the next step um, and the last one is... Oh, go ahead. Yeah, I just have some slight confusion about how, these, how the price speeds are working um, across L1 and L2. So as I understand it, the, the tokens are different. Yeah across the two chains um sure. what implication what implication does that have for um the, the use of the sip across chains sure so so sip 198 is only for exchanges on l1 it's not for exchanges on l2 they are already atomic because the latency chain link latency is quite low and we can offer atomic at chain link prices on L2. On L1, unfortunately, it's just not workable. So that's why we have this uh, original SIP 120, which uh, uh, uses on Uniswap prices as well as chain link prices to uh, offer atomic exchanges. So they're not really related. L1 will be a different price than L2. Uh, the, the price that you would get on L1 will be different than the one you get on L2 because they're different uh, exchange uh, mechanism. There are restrictions on 198, such as a limit per block, which is $50 million per block. And there's like a circuit breaker for volatility. Uh, so that that's it. That's um, th These are the main differences. So, so who will connect with Curve One Inch? Well, uh, CT um, Crypto uh, One Inch is already where we're talking to them, and uh, hopefully it's expected to go live next week. For Curve, uh, I'm not sure. I'm trying to reach someone. I'll try to see with uh, core contributors how we can reach out. I'd definitely be happy if we can replace the NFTs with an atomic exchange. Uh, functionality. Unfortunately, Crypto, I have to mention, is because of the limitation on SIP120 at the moment, the source and the, S and the destination has to be SUSD. With SIP198, this is no longer the case. So probably Curve would be more in favor as well to integrate it if it allows for any exchange of any sense from any source to any sense.
And yeah, we're talking to uh, the ambassadors and um, Millie will use his connections, of course. And also Fixed Forex will want to like kind of uh, uh, try to uh, integrate it. They're very keen on that on this. I've spoken to Andre myself and uh, hopefully with SIP198, you'll have a lot more integrations of atomic exchanges. Well, I guess it's time to move on to the SIP 205, which will be presented by Afif, maybe? Or is it by Matt? Uh, Matt couldn't make it, I think, so I was, I'm going to present it for yeah, him. Yeah, he's... Yeah. No, it's great. Cool, thanks. So, yes, uh, SIP 205 is pretty straightforward. It's just adding some new sense. Uh, to optimism that were either already that Chainlink already had feeds for there, or that were requested or favored by the community and the ecosystem. So it's for adding sense for Avalanche, Terra, Ave, Uniswap, Polygon, and Euro. Um, all of these, if you if you look in the SIP, there's a pretty thorough look at the liquidity and volume for all of these to make sure that they're up to the, you know, they're liquid enough to have synths. Um, and all of them are. And I think that's pretty much it. If, if there are any questions. There were always concerns about uh, the, the manipulation uh, angle, if I can say. Of these things now, I know like most of them aren't uh, are pretty liquid. Ave and Uniswap was were brought up by Boyan. Uh, if um, we're comfortable with them, so my question is, assuming that the liquidity is okay, you know, and we go ahead and we add them, and then we now notice that someone bought twenty million dollars worth of uh, Ave and like started uh, doing some funny business on it too. Uh, first of all, uh, if I'm not mistaken, Ave is already on L1, right? So it wouldn't be like kind of something new to L2 uh, or to synthetics for that matter. Uh, it's right. Uni that isn't there, right? Uh, I actually have to double check. I thought Uni was already there. Uh... Okay, so both of them are already available. No, you, okay, Uni isn't, just Ave. Yeah. Okay. Okay, you're right. Yeah. So all right, so so Av is Av is already there. It's just uni that's maybe the the, the new uh synth to be added. And in case it's uh, we notice something happening, my question is that uh if we kind of um want to um unwind it, not unwind it in the sense of uh Kill it, but uh, like uh, let it uh, let it go easily because on L1 it's easy. We just like switched off exchanges on L1. However, on L2 we have like our partners that uh, kind of uh, need the exchange to always happen, like Lyra. So, what would be the 
what would be the proper uh, way to do it? Would would we need to like uh, uh, coordinate with them on a certain time frame and unwind it in case it's uh, it's required, or would something else be feasible? Um, that I don't know. Maybe is a little bit outside of the scope for this SIP. I think for the what we can do for now is just only add things that were really hot. We have a really high degree of confidence in, uh, and I, th I would say that these fit that description. I mean, Ave has been on L1 mainnet, and nobody has tried anything. And Uni is a is the same level of liquidity, and then all the others in this SIP are more liquid than both of them. So, I'm, I'm pretty confident in these. I mean, if we if something happens, I I don't know what, and we have to do that. I mean, we could maybe just raise fees. Uh, it might be better than shutting off the markets completely, but we probably would have to talk and coordinate with the other projects using them and see what they might, they would want. I mean, I suspect they would just say, we don't want you ever to do that. So, yeah, I don't know. Uh, but these are pretty high-quality assets to be listing, so I'm not too concerned about them. I, I think my view... The, the is, thing is... Sorry. Uh, I, yeah, my view is that... Um, in the case of you know needing to suspend a market or, or whatever uh that the people who've integrated like lyra um need to be detecting that and also and you know push that through to their uh their system ideally i, I believe they've got the ability to suspend a market so um we should probably have a conversation with them just to ensure that they're across that obviously with quenta slightly different because you know the markets are auto suspended with them uh, but for someone who done integration like that uh, uh, you know, where they're expecting to do some future thing. Um, I think they just need to be aware of it and, and we probably need to have that conversation with them. Yeah. The, what, what I'm worried about is like, you know, uh, when we listed RAN, it wasn't uh, maybe uh, being, it wasn't easy to manipulate because there was, it was high price and high market cap. And with, with time, market cap went down, it became an easy target. So just wanted to raise this, like in case we have a similar situation, like uh, what, we, what would be the action plan? I mean, we should just, I mean, Ren, we should have kept an eye on. But I mean, honestly, like I was concerned about Ren from the beginning, to be honest, but we're not going to rehash old issues. But I think if we just keep an eye on it over time, we could probably just tell Lyra or something like in the next like 30 days, we're thinking about delisting one of these cents and give people time to prepare. It, it, it can, we can probably avoid it being like a last minute thing like Ren. Um, so yeah, we probably just have to keep an eye on that until we have simulated liquidity. Sure, and and Spreak is mentioning that uh, in the channel that he's a bit concerned about Luna because uh, maybe uh, the price is not very reliable. Uh, what are the what are the specific like just that? Um, what's the concern about Luna? I mean, in terms of liquidity, it's it's okay, so it's not. But I mean, in terms of maybe it, you know imploding that's maybe a different thing he's just like maybe a very a luna bear you know he doesn't like luna he's saying <laughs> that there isn't the liquidity can 
liquidity can disappear quickly and uh, maybe uh, relying on an oracle for providing uh, uh, indication of the Luna price might not be uh, optimal in case there's a cascade uh, risk from yeah. dollar T. I mean, that's something we probably should also watch, but I mean, given that it's more liquid, it, it's 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 more liquid than the others we're adding right now, and it's in general very liquid. I don't know if I don't know if it's our place to say like this might go to zero and the liquidity might disappear completely. Yeah, that would be taking a position. Yeah, yeah there's no real evidence in of the that. End. In the end, but but the problem is that if in case this happens, in case uh, like a black uh, black Thursday event or Whatever happens that entails that we uh, disable essence, we'd need to like probably coordinate with other protocols and unwind it gracefully. It can't be just shut down because maybe right. it will uh, cause problems on on Lyra. Yeah. So uh, are these things going to be uh, added to both uh, spot and shorts or only spot? Uh, only spot for now. Um, okay. But I imagine Lyra will want shorts later for the ones that they want to use for shorts. For, okay. All right. But not all of these, no. We'll selectively pick which ones will be. I, well, actually, I don't know. It depends on what Lyra wants and what the partners want. Will there be different uh, a separate SIP for uh, adding it to shorts, or is it SCCP, or how does it work usually? Uh, I think it's a separate SIP. Uh, anybody? So we were actually just—it is a separate SIP. Uh, we were actually just discussing this uh, around um, Sol um, and uh, Mark, um, who authored that SIP has just uh, pushed a, a PR to update to include shorting. Um, my inclination is just to include shorting um, unless there's some objection to it. Otherwise, it would require another SIP. That's fine with me. I mean, I'm sure it's fine with Matt to go in and change it. Are there any risks of including shorting? Not really. I mean, yeah, there's, we, no, there's no incremental risk, I don't think, to, to including shorting. Yeah, well, the if other Luna is... just like crashes, there are risks, but they're not uh, like pronounced. Uh, what what Spreak is is worried about is a cascade where where you have like dollar T crashing and uh, liquidation because it is now in the maybe um, in the forefront that uh, Luna, uh, um, a, a, an event on Luna could happen. A bear event, yeah. So, so the market cap can be volatile. Yeah. Well, I don't. I don't know if people's general. What's what's the general opinion? I mean, on it, I, my view is like if it's volatile, um, and, and you know, we kind of want volatility, right? Like, 
um, it can be volatile to the upside as much as the downside. I mean, shorting at least, you know, the, the downside is capped, right? Like you can go to zero, 100% uh, increase on, on whatever the open interest is. Um, you know, the other side is unbounded. So I just, I don't think it introduces significant risk, but I'm also very happy to hold off, introduce longs. I think the main reason why we used to split them um, on L1 uh, was just to give us a couple weeks of, you know, empirical data around trading uh, and actual volatility on mainnet when they were live, and just so we wouldn't have to there was issues after launch. So, you know, it might be prudent to just wait, um, and especially because we don't have um, a lot of data on shorting, too. I don't know if it's a strong preference, but I'm I'm inclined to just but if you want to be if you want to be worse then probably worth waiting. So 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 my question is that if we decide that Luna's crashing and it's better uh, to save stakers uh, uh, from an event just to disable it, would would Lyra be able to disable it as well from their end or would we uh, be impacting their LPs if we disable it? That would be like something helpful for us to make a decision on it, to be able to know what would be the impact on our partners. Um. Yeah, I mean, we can have that conversation. I, I think that is another consideration. If we don't introduce shorting, then it means that Lyra can't integrate it, which means that we then, you know, can sort of see how it performs within Synthetics first before we, uh, before we open it up for a Lyra integration. But yeah, let's have a, let's have a chat to them. I actually, um, just a heads up uh, on the earlier question around Lyra, they can actually do uh, separate pools. Um, they don't have to be in sync. So there actually isn't on having any new sense ready in the next three days. They just want to get it done as soon as possible. It's basically their, their, their reasoning. Um, I think because they're about to introduce continuous uh, pooling, um, they're not as stressed about trying to have everything in sync because the the 30 day pool thing is going to go um so yeah like we can introduce since and introduce shorting them since kind of at our discretion at that point though but it doesn't you know there's no time sensitivity with lyra uh, one last question is why why euro why are we adding euro to l2 there aren't any farms for euro on l2 I, I mean, Matt wrote this up. I don't know why that was included, but I think there's already a feed there. And so it was kind of like a why not. Um, but I don't know. We'd have to check with Matt on the rationale there. I, I don't think any, I don't know if anybody requested it. Maybe D Hedge requested it. I don't, I don't know. Uh, all right. So, so just um, uh, for, for, for uh, like uh, to, to, uh, re recap what we said is that uh, 
will take off Luna or will keep it is my question. From the current SIP. Like there there does seem to be like kind of uh, concern. I think we leave it uh, off. Let's just leave it off. I, I think okay. it's fine for us right. to add another SIP. We can we can split it up there. Sure. Do shorting for different ones and, at different times, etc. Sure. And another another uh, question. So so yeah. So and we'll need to add like add shorts uh, to the SIP or mention that shorts are included into the SIP. Um, so that we don't have a separate SIP for the existing ones. Um, probably Euro, I don't know if the shorting on Euro is that uh, attractive, but maybe you can have it, no worries. My, my, my other question is, uh, there were many guys saying, why not FTM? Did uh, someone consider adding it or was were there uh, NBNB? Like uh, um, the, the list. Go ahead. Uh, I can't remember. I think Phantom and BNB were both on the list. I think they just weren't as preferred by the ecosystem partners. Um, so BNB right, uh, was. Yeah, but not Phantom. Can we, like maybe. Uh... Uh, consider it for next, like probably next week we'll have a presentation. We'll uh, remove uh, Luna, and if ecosystem partners don't want EMB and FTM, we can uh, not include them if they're okay with adding them. I don't see an issue given that unless uh, we have other logistical problems, like uh, Chainlink needing some time to add them. I'm not sure. So Phantom was not on my original list. I just checked, and I'm not sure if it makes the cut on liquidity. So we might have to have a separate discussion okay. about that. But BNB does, sure. if people want that. Whenever we can get the feed. All right. I, I, look, can I, I think the thing that I would say here is, like, let's not be oversensitive about this. Um, we are going to be able to get a number of uh, synths added in the next, like, month or so, um, we can start pushing uh, Chainlink pretty hard now that um, OCR is, is almost ready. So I wouldn't get over, I know we haven't had new synths for like a year. And so this feels like a deal and like, let's make sure that we get them right in case we never get any other synths, but that's not what's going on here. Like this is just the first set of five synths. It's fine. We'll be okay. I'm gonna make it. Great. All right. And, and Euro, why, why would Euro included? Do you know, Kay? Why was you no included? No idea. No <laughs> idea. I mean, maybe blood money to Mitch. I don't know. Like that's the only thing I can think. Uh, but yeah. The the feed is sure, already it was there before we we didn't request it. It was just already there. I, so think, I think I think what happened was it was an Ave thing. Um, I think Ave needed a Euro feed. Um, and so we were like, well, if it's already if there's already an OCR feed for it on. Uh, on L2, we may as well just include it. It's fine. Which I think is going to happen, right? Like, we're like as Chainlink new uh, aggregators, there could be aggregators sitting there for Aave or for whoever uh, that we haven't even requested, which we can then integrate and meet 
the heavy lifting is not on us. It's just, you know, got to write a SIP and, and deploy the uh, synth itself. All right, that's about it. I don't see any other questions. We can, uh, so so we'll, um, we'll wait for the update, Safif, before I propose it up for a vote. I guess there's no contention. We just drop Luna and uh, keep the rest and uh, uh, allow uh, shorts on these things. So once these changes are done, I'll propose it for a vote. All right, let's uh, close it up before uh, Kane breaks his keyboard. <laughs> Love it. Thank you, everyone, for attending. See you guys. Have a good evening. Thanks, everyone. See ya. Thank you, guys. Thanks. Bye.